back to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. Remember, more information about the show can always be found on our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Head there now and like us there now. In the studio with me, we're joined by Dr. Maria Carrillo. She is Chief Science Officer with the Alzheimer's Association. She's here this morning to talk about women and Alzheimer's disease. It's our pleasure to welcome Dr. Carrillo to Sunday Morning Magazine. Good morning, doctor. How are you? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. So let's always like to start at the beginning when we talk about Alzheimer's disease. Why don't you explain to us, our listeners, what Alzheimer's is? Absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of people have that question because they hear the word dementia. And they think, you know, is it linked or is it something different from Alzheimer's? And actually, you know, I would say that dementia is a very broad term and Alzheimer's is the most common form of dementia. So it is one of several other types of dementia. And dementia broadly is a syndrome. It's just a a, a unique uh, identification of, of symptoms. And for dementia symptoms in particular, it means memory loss primarily and uh, memory loss that will continue to decline and get worse over time until it interferes with activities of daily living. So that really is what identifies the dementia syndrome. And then I think what we need to do is ask, well, what's driving it? Uh, Is it Alzheimer's? Is it frontal temporal lobe? Is it Lewy body? Is it Parkinson's? Is it vascular? There are other types of dementias. So it's important to get an early and accurate diagnosis because we want to know what's the cause, and that way there may be different treatments. Okay. So what I know from being on the board and knowing about Alzheimer's disease is that it's the sixth leading cause of death. How many people really know that? No, I think that is an important question, and, and we're so grateful for your service on the Alzheimer's Association board. And, um, but, you know, we estimate, as uh, the Alzheimer's Association estimates, that there are almost 6 million Americans living with Alzheimer's disease. And unfortunately, I think a little-known secret as well is that two-thirds of those are women. So women are disproportionately affected uh, by Alzheimer's. On top of that, there are 16 million Americans caring for those who are affected by Alzheimer's, and two-thirds of those caregivers are also women. So it's important to note that not only is this really an epidemic that costs this country $280 billion a year, but also the emotional cost is huge, and many times women bear the brunt. Okay. So let's talk about now, we know that you are a researcher. What led you to the field of research, in particular with Alzheimer's and dementia? Well, that's a great question, Rodney. What um, I was been interested, I've been interested in the brain for so long, um, but even in college, started thinking about why is it that this mass of brain cells forms memories? How is it possible? It's really quite miraculous because it's just a bunch of brain cells. Uh, and if you look at a brain uh, outside of of the body, it's just a glob of tissue. But it is, in, in essence what makes us human. It's very different from other animals and mammals. Uh, And so I was fascinated by what allows us to create these memories, create personalities, uh, and really uh, create, again, uh, the ability for us to continuously learn. So learning was my fascination. But what is the best way to study learning? The best way is to use models where learning goes wrong. And Alzheimer's is the best example of where people stop learning new things. It is one of the very first symptoms is not remembering something you just saw or heard most recently. Short-term memory loss is one of the first things to notice when a person is affected by Alzheimer's dementia. 
So, doctor, let me ask you this now. You work on the research end of Alzheimer's disease, but when we talk about Alzheimer's, we don't typically think about prevention. Let's talk about prevention. Is there anything we can do? And what do you know and what does research show us? Certainly. I mean, I think prevention is on a lot of researchers' minds and I think on a lot of people that have had loved ones affected by the disease. How do we prevent it? How do I not get it? Um, and so that's important. So we're looking at prevention in two ways. Number one, the first is through therapeutics. We now understand that brain changes associated with Alzheimer's dementia happen in the brain maybe decades before our first symptoms or our diagnosis of dementia itself. That gives us a huge window of opportunity to intervene with therapeutics. It's like heart disease. I don't wait till you have a heart attack to give you a cholesterol or blood pressure medication. I want to detect it early and start treating to reduce your risk of that heart attack. But on the other side of it, I would say that lifestyle is also nowadays, uh, we are understanding so much more research that tells us lifestyle has a huge impact on brain health and can potentially reduce your risk of dementia by 20% at minimum. And so that is actually a very big deal. We know that high blood pressure in particular, if you are on um, blood pressure medication, that's good. If not, make sure your blood pressure is at minimum 130, if not lower, and talk to your doctor about potentially lowering it to 120. That is what research has shown, that people who were went down to 120 had actually a lower risk of dementia, almost by 20%. Those are really big numbers. So twofold, therapeutics and lifestyle can both contribute to reducing your risk of dementia. Okay, so let's move on to, um, in terms of research, um, let's talk about treatment and cure because you're looking into this, but let's talk, we know that there is no cure currently, but let's talk about how we're moving towards treatment and cure. Absolutely. Everybody wants that more effective treatment, if not a cure. I think what is on our horizon is that our understanding of Alzheimer's dementia and other underlying causes of cognitive decline as we age is telling us that in the future, we're going to have a combination approach to this disease, to managing it, just like we do with HIV, just like we do with cancers. There's, it's a multiple polypharmacy approach. Multiple medications are given, not just one, right? And you add on top of that lifestyle, right, for diabetes, for cancers, for HIV. It's a cocktail. And so for Alzheimer's and related dementias, you're going to have multiple things that are happening that we are going to be able to target therapeutically. You've probably heard of the plaques and the amyloid. You've probably heard of tau and tangles that are going on in Alzheimer's brain. But there's also inflammation. And there may be other components like vascular changes and small mini strokes that all contribute to cognitive decline. Combination approach of all four of these in the future Adding lifestyle to this will be the way we manage this disease chronically. That's a way to more effectively treat it. Now, as far as prevention, there is hope because we're looking for vaccines that you can get give to people before they even lose their memories. That would halt the changes in these proteins, like you would stop cholesterol from building up and hopefully then be a preventative for this disease. That's a few years down the road, we think. More accurately to say that in the near future, we should be able to treat dementia like a chronic disease. And in case you're just tuning in, we're speaking to Dr. Maria Carrillo. She is Chief Science Officer at the Alzheimer's Association. For more information on Alzheimer's or more information on the show, you can reach out to us on our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Head there now and like us there now. Now, doctor, I understand that you oversee an international conference on Alzheimer's. Tell us about this event. 
Well, the Alzheimer's Association International Conference is something we are very proud of because we're the only organization that brings together uh, scientists from 65 different countries around the world every year to talk about Alzheimer's and related dementias and share their work with each other in real time. So you don't have to wait a year for a paper to be published and find out what somebody else is doing. You actually can go up to them and talk to them right there, either at their presentation or at their poster. That's a really important opportunity for the field, not only to understand what's happening in different parts of the world, but also for our public to understand what the hope is in the science. So uh, this next year, it's going to be in Los Angeles, and the year after that, we're going to be in Amsterdam. It is truly an international grouping of almost 6,000 scientists from around the world. And, you know, I'll tell you that when I stand in front of them and welcome them to the city that we are hosting it in, I feel so much hope. Because this is a group of individuals. When I see 6,000 shining, intelligent faces out there in the audience, I know that the feeling all of us have is that we're trying to, with passion, combat this disease. And that's a great feeling. It is all for a cause, not just for the sake of empirical knowledge and improving our knowledge of basic science. It's for one cause, to stop this disease. And it feels so good that we come out of there energized, knowing that we are going to make a difference. So, Doctor, you talked about this earlier, but I want to go back and revisit this. Let's talk about Alzheimer's disease and women and the impact there. You touched on it again briefly, but let's talk more about that. Absolutely. I think, you know, as we um, have already mentioned, women uh, are disproportionately affected by Alzheimer's dementia. Uh, Two-thirds of Americans living with Alzheimer's are women, and two-thirds of the caregivers are women. So on two sides, it's a double hit, you know, for women. Uh, on the on the uh, uh, side of being affected by this disease directly, we for a long time thought that it might be because women live a little longer than men. You know, our uh, lifespan has been uh, as much as three to four years longer. Now that's narrowing. You know, it's maybe only one and a half years difference between men and women, but that is a very important component. And so for a long time, people said. Women are just living longer, so more women are around to get Alzheimer's, and so that's probably why. Well, a lot of research has told us recently that there may be underlying biological differences in the brains of women versus men that may be causing this difference. Uh, there may be hormonal differences. Uh, certainly, there are genetics that are more inherited as a woman versus a man. And more recently, we've d- uh, understood two things about women that are very different. The first is that uh, the place where these protein changes happen in the brain are different between men and women. Why is that? Why is that when you have the same amount of cognitive problems, but different places are affected in the brain? The second thing is that actually women have better verbal abilities than men, especially even as they age, they even get better. And so what that means is that they're better at taking these cognitive tests that are used to diagnose if they're better, that means that they're kind of sneaking past a diagnosis, even though they have the underlying changes of, a, of the disease, but are not yet showing the symptoms because they can outsmart those tests. That's actually a problem because then they get diagnosed late in the process, and then they quickly decline much faster than men. Men, we see, are diagnosed earlier because of those they're not as you know. They're not as good at taking those verbal tests. So I think this is an important thing that we need to talk about because we may need different test scores 
for men and women that are actually the the set points for when you make a diagnosis. Now, Dr. Carrillo, let's talk about this now. I understand that a lot of people have the mindset that Alzheimer's disease is this old person's disease. And I know by personal experience, there is early onset Alzheimer's. My dad suffered with that. But let's talk about the implications when people think it's just the old person's disease, Alzheimer's. Yes, I think we do get that quite a bit. Um, uh, You know, the reality of late onset Alzheimer's disease is that um, that average age of a person uh, with that disease is about 72 years old. But we forget that there is a very significant uh, number of people that are affected by early onset. So in order to understand why people are affected in their 50s, you know, why do you get dementia in your 50s when you may not have the genetic risk at all for Alzheimer's dementia and you, you still have a diagnosis very early on, we have at the Alzheimer's Association joined with uh, Indiana University and two other investigators uh, at University of California, San Francisco, and at Harvard uh, Medical School to tr- uh, to follow 500 individuals with early onset Alzheimer's disease and follow them with biomarkers for two years, giving them brain scans, neuropsychological testing for cognitive memory, uh, giving them blood tests, uh, as well as all everything under the sun that they'll put up with, like MRIs. And we want to know uh, about their genetics because there may be something about an early onset individual that maybe the genes are making them susceptible to Alzheimer's when we really don't understand that quite yet. So we're working on that, but it is clear that it is not just uh, an older person's disease. And doctor, I know you do a quite a bit of traveling. You have the opportunity to speak to people around the world, around the country about Alzheimer's disease. What's the most important thing you try to convey to them? What do you want them to know and to understand about Alzheimer's? What's your message? You know, I think I, if I can sneak in two messages, the first is um, if you know, you're looking to do something to reduce your risk, I would say make sure you watch your numbers and exercise. Exercise has been one of the things has been shown to be so good for your brain. Uh, new, you know, nutrients get into your brain through the blood, and the and the junk comes out through your blood. So it's very important. And the second thing is, if you know, keep an eye on um, on your loved ones. Uh, anything you notice that is out of the ordinary, check alz.org. We've got you know, know the ten warning signs of Alzheimer's and related dementias, and and get seek medical attention for anything you might be concerned about, as well as. It gives you the opportunity to join a clinical trial in your area. And the Alzheimer's Association has Trial Match, an easy way to, like a match.com, to find the closest you know, clinical trial that is nearby you. And it doesn't mean that you have to have a memory problem to join it. They are looking for people without memory problems as well to help us advance the science. So please help us be a part of the solution and join a clinical trial. Okay. And if our listeners would like to find out more about Alzheimer's disease, how can they find out more? They can find out more by going to our website at alz.org, and you can find your local community chapter right there on that website. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking time. Thank you. Great to be here. We've been speaking to Dr. Maria Carrillo, Chief Science Officer at the Alzheimer's Association. For more information on Alzheimer's disease or more information on the show, you can like us on our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. Well, that's it for this edition of the show. I'm Rodney Lear. Until next week. Be encouraged. Listen to Sunday Morning Magazine no matter what day it is. Use your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear today.